It's been less than a week since voters went to the polls across the country to cast their ballots in the midterm elections. Just healthcare leaders, CEO Chaz Rhodes and President Dr. Lisa Belamovich joined the podcast to talk about how healthcare played a role in this year's election and what we can expect from 2024. It's Monday, November 14th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Voters in states across the country went to the polls last Tuesday to cast their ballots in the 2022 midterm election, and health care was an issue important for voters in several states, from Medicaid expansion to abortion rights access. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is GIST Healthcare Daily. Today, we listen to my conversation with GIST Healthcare co-founder and CEO, Chaz Rhodes, and president and co-founder, Dr. Lisa Belomovich. We spoke last Thursday, following Tuesday's election, where some of the races were too close to call. Chaz, welcome to GIST Healthcare Daily. Thanks, JC. We're so excited to have you on the team. Thank you. And Lisa, thank you so much for joining as well. I am so glad to be together. So we're on this side of the 2022 midterms. What were some of the big takeaways from this election cycle? And Chaz, I'll start with you. Well, so far, one of my biggest takeaways is that I'm now going to get four text messages a day from my good friends, uh, Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Apparently, despite the fact that I neither live in Georgia nor vote in Georgia, nor have I given money to either campaign, apparently I'm just going to get flooded with text messages for the next month. Um, so that's going to be exciting. But, you know, all kidding aside, in, in general, I think what, you know, the biggest takeaway, obviously, and we should say that we're recording this on uh, Thursday evening, uh, two days after the election. So we still don't know the final outcome either in the House or the Senate. But I think the you know the biggest takeaway is whatever the final outcome is, it's going to be an extremely narrow majority for whoever holds uh, either of those two bodies. Right now, it looks uh, likely that the Republicans will have a narrow majority, maybe two or three seat majority in the House, and possibly uh, again, depending on what happens in that runoff election in Georgia, the the Democrats might be able to hold on to the Senate, although it's unclear. 
Um, but I think what we learned across the course of the last two years is that in a very narrow majority like that, whoever's holding power, individual members of Congress or individual senators actually wield a lot of power. If 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 whichever party wants to get through a piece of legislation, it really does uh, become a process of bargaining with every single member of Congress. And you know, typically what happens is you've got to get the far right or the far left of the party on board and then work as hard as you can to water whatever it is you're trying to do down enough so that the the absolute centrist, most purple congressman or senator can uh, can get on board with it. And so I think in practice, what that's going to mean for the next two years is we're probably not going to see a whole heck of a lot come out of either the House or the Senate um, from a healthcare perspective or, frankly, uh, on anything. I think it's, you know, we are in for a gridlock. And also, you know, as of about an hour ago, when uh, former President Trump uh, released a, a press release uh, talking about uh, the governor of Florida, uh, the 2024 campaign is now underway. And so everything is going to get colored by positioning for the upcoming 2024 election. So we're in for a very political, probably very low productivity Congress for the next two years, I would say. You know, it's interesting, JC, this is the first election in a long time, um, maybe over a decade, where healthcare actually hasn't been a big issue motivating voters. Uh, you know, in every national election up to this point, the Affordable Care Act has really been on the ballot and was a huge issue of debate uh, amongst candidates and um, motivating voters. You know, would uh, we be able to keep coverage? Um, you know, how is healthcare going to continue to be affordable? Uh, those issues didn't really play uh, in this election. You know, the closest thing that really came to a healthcare issue uh, probably is that uh, it turns out that abortion and protecting the right for choice was a more motivating factor in bringing uh, independent voters and Democrats, particularly younger voters, to the polls than I think many pundits expected it to be. And the exit polling showed that. I guess the one other healthcare issue that that turned out to not really matter that much, except as a very deep background issue, particularly compared to two years ago, is COVID. I mean, if you remember two years ago, it was all about the COVID response and how are we going to you know, rescue the country from COVID and uh, and, you know, not just manage the disease itself, but then, you know, the economic recovery and so forth. And that really was not a big issue uh, if you if you look at what was on the top of voters minds uh, in most places uh, on Tuesday, which is super interesting, given that, you know, we're really only maybe two and a half years away, uh, you know, past the, the the worst of the pandemic. Yeah, and I want to stick with that point for a quick second because it feels really salient because it was something certainly that now President Joe Biden ran on and something that former President Donald Trump ran on. And you saw those politically polarized conversations about the virus, and it feels like we saw a lot less of that. And it's a good reminder, though, that we are still in the pandemic, but you're right, it didn't seem to be as politically motivating as it was in 2020. 
But I'd like to go back to the Affordable Care Act for a second, because the target was on it for quite a while. It was something that both parties could effectively run on, either scrapping it or upholding it, depending on your political leanings. But I'm curious, since it wasn't a big focus in the 2022 midterms, what do you think this means for payers and health systems moving forward? Well, I think that... um it's always good to have more certainty about the overall legal framework in which you're operating. And I think, you know, now both insurers and providers can have some real confidence, uh, you know, absent a, you know, one outstanding court case, again, from the Fifth Circuit uh, that uh, that's working its way through the system, but can have some real certainty that, that, you know, that the core tenets of the ACA are off the table from a political perspective. I think the the issue that we hear a lot about now from providers, you know, has to do with the public health emergency. And uh, will, you know, if indeed the, the public health emergency ends uh, in January, as it's expected to, what will happen to some of the salient issues like continuation of coverage in Medicaid, uh, like parity payment for telemedicine services, like uh, payment for care at home? And, you know, these are big issues that will inform strategies that are currently underway in a lot of provider systems. You know, the the decision of how much are we going to put our foot on the gas on telemedicine, for example, and virtual care really depends on is there some sort of a, a, a measure in Congress that will allow us to continue to get paid for doing that kind of work? Yeah, watching the lame duck session between now and Inauguration Day uh, is really going to be important. There are several legislators that are moving bills forward that would protect reimbursement for telemedicine and home-based care. And there are also important measures that could be really impactful for providers around the rates that they're going to get paid from Medicare. Uh, the physician fee schedule uh, has a four and a half percent rate cut for America's doctors. Now, we think it's really unlikely that that will stick. Uh, there's a lot of bipartisan support for not giving physicians a pay cut, but it's important to remember just by having that pay cut on the table uh, that in some ways uh, the folks who set the rates have already won uh, because doctors will feel lucky if they're kept whole or maybe get a 1% increase and that doesn't come near what you would need to meet the rising cost of running a practice. One interesting thing, uh, when we talk about politics and healthcare, you have these big federal issues. And so we've touched on the physician fee schedule that may or may not go into effect. And that's on the minds for a lot of people. But states are dealing with healthcare issues at the statewide level, which brings me to South Dakota, which passed expanded Medicaid eligibility this week. Uh, it's the latest state to do so, but it's potentially the last to do so, certainly via a ballot initiative. Is that a surprise that South Dakota in particular did it or that there's still a fight about Medicaid expansion across the board? I don't think it's a huge surprise that the ballot initiative succeeded. I do think it's been interesting interesting over the last uh, several years uh, as this as this uh, lingering issue from the Affordable Care Act has played out uh, about Medicaid expansion, how well it has done, how well those kinds of ballot initiatives have done when put to the general public, as opposed to legislatures, which have been, I think, for the most part, uh, pretty uh, fierce in opposition to expanding uh, Medicaid. 
uh, when it actually goes to the voters, uh, even in very red states, it turns out that Medicaid expansion is pretty popular. And I think this may just be an issue where the shift to a more populist politics sort of got out ahead of the rhetoric of fighting the Affordable Care Act from back in 2010. Um, I mean, it really is since 2016 that we've had this um, kind of inversion of politics in this country where the Republican Party has tr has turned out to be much more on the side of the working class uh, than it had been in the past, you know, when it was a very pro-business uh, uh, party. And I think uh, what's happened as a result of that inversion is uh, that it turns out that Medicaid expansion among Republican voters, sort of the new Republican base, is actually pretty popular because many of them are on Medicaid. Uh, you know, there's a there's a substantial contingent of Republican voters who benefit from Medicaid. Yeah, there's a growing number of issues where it feels like the populace, whether you're in red states or blue states, may not be tightly in line with the politics of the party that they vote for, you know, if they are just clicking a party ballot. Um, abortion is another one. Abortion um, protection referendums did very well uh, this week in the states where they were up uh, for a vote. And, you know, that runs in contrast to the views of, of Republican legislatures that have moved very aggressively uh, to limit access to abortion when it's put to the people, even in a very red state, uh, it tends to go in the other direction. Yeah, which we saw in Kentucky this week. Uh, but we also saw in August in Kansas uh, that these measures were meant to effectively ban abortion access through amending those states' constitutions. And voters effectively said no. Um, it should be noted that there are still anti-abortion rules on the books in both of those states, just to be clear. But with that in mind, you have, you know, lawmakers on one side, voters on another side, and you have states doing one thing and you have the federal government doing another, which can always complicate the matter of health care. Um, you know, as we started the beginning of the conversation, it feels as though when we finish one election cycle, we are immediately into the next one. Now, we are going to talk Talk closer to the beginning of the year about what to expect in 2023. But as we head into the 2024 general election cycle, what are you most keen to watch for? Well, I think, uh, you know, obviously the big question is who's actually going to be running. And uh, it's I think it's just from a general political perspective, it's worthwhile remembering that at this same point in the 2016 election cycle, we were still talking about Scott Walker from Wisconsin as the leading candidate. So you know, right now, all of the buzz is around Ron DeSantis from Florida and the prospects of him, you know, mounting a, a presidential campaign and being the front runner on the Republican side. Lots can happen across the course of two years. It's a it's a political lifetime. So one interesting thing will just be to see who runs, uh, you know, what the slate of candidates looks like. And if any of them really has health care as one of their bailiwicks, uh, I think it's fair to say about the Biden team and President Biden that healthcare has not been uh, one of his marquee issues. And we've talked about this before. I mean, clearly, they have gone out of their way to bolster the Affordable Care Act and make sure that the subsidy gaps are filled and uh, do what they could on the Medicaid front. But the reality is this was never really the leading issue for the Biden team. I think they were much more interested in uh, in family issues, in uh, in energy issues, and and so forth, and so um, will any of the candidates on either side, you know, have healthcare in their uh, in their back pocket as one of their lead issues? Will we see, for example, in this election cycle, 
a return to a discussion about a public option, about Medicare for all, um, you know, any of those big proposals that you saw in the primary campaign uh, in 2016? I think that's an open question. And when you think about that in the frame of the next two years, what should we be watching for in an environment where there is legislative gridlock and where big bang healthcare issues don't feature high on either Congress's or the Biden administration's agenda? It means that most change is going to come from a rulemaking and regulatory perspective. You know, we'll continue to see things coming out of HHS and CMS continuing to push for more transparency, as Chaz mentioned, bolstering the Affordable Care Act, um, movement of care toward lower cost uh, sites. You know, the outpatient shift will continue to be supported by policymakers. Most of those issues, transparency, cost, movement of care away from hospitals, those are pretty bipartisan. And, you know, there's less daylight than you think between uh, where Biden's team is on those uh, and where the Trump administration was. You know, I would expect continued progress there, even if healthcare is not a big national issue of debate. Lisa, thank you so much for talking to me today. And Chaz, thank you for talking today as well. Thanks for having us, JC. Good to talk to you. Yes. Good to be with you. That was GIST Healthcare co-founder and CEO Chaz Rhodes and president and co-founder Dr. Lisa Belimovich. They joined me to talk about last week's midterm election and its impact on healthcare. This has been GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. In the meantime, you can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly GIST. The GIST Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.